Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. What's up, everybody? Andrew Coppins. You know the drill by now. Follow me on social media at The Coppins Show. Welcome into a Fish Fry Friday edition. Yes, we're going to throw the worst of the worst of the week into the fryer later on in the show. We're going to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. We have got a ton to get into. And I want to focus less in on the school shooting because there are other things going on in the world that have equal importance. And in fact, um, some of the things that we're going to be talking about actually incorporate into our Richard of the Week. Some of these things also incorporate into the Texas school shooting in Uvalde. And uh, they involve other uh, people as well. So um, a lot of intertwinement is going to happen in this show. Of course, Pat is not with us still yet, uh, hopefully soon rather than later. Um, he is still dealing with issues um, in terms of getting the house together and, and some of those things. And and so we're giving him that space and, and that time that he needs but he will be back with us, rest assured. All will be right with the show. Of course, again, follow me at The Coppin Show. You can see it on our Rumble page. You can see all of how to follow me there. And of course, you can always listen to the show via whatever podcasting app that you choose. Just let us know if we're not available and you like to listen via podcast instead of watching the show. That is 100% possible as well. Now, normally I save Richard of the Week for later in the show. And I'm going to do that. I, I, I was debating whether or not I wanted to do that up front or later on. I'm still kind of debating it because there is a story that I have to talk about up front here. But I think I'm going to just save it for later. All right. So outside of all the craziness that is or isn't or did they or did they not going on in Uvalde, Texas, as that story continues to unfold. And again, what is the position of the show? We are going to wait until we have concrete facts in front of us. Now, we have video that shows grief-stricken parents and police um, holding tasers. We don't know exactly when in the timeline that video was taken. We also have heard other reports of things happening with the school shooter outside of the school, inside of the school. We don't know what is fact, what is fiction. And so we're not going to dive into that until we have some concrete facts and until I can put a timeline together, more importantly, until we can get a real timeline together, because unfortunately, the people involved in Uvalde, Texas's uh, school shooting have been wrong on very important information for a very, very long time. Now, having said that, uh, what else can we talk about? Well, how about we talk about some international fun? And uh, we have a meeting of the World Economic Forum happening in Davos, Switzerland. And, and we also have a meeting of the World Health Organization. And um, 
None of it. None of it is good for you, for me, or for we. At least if you care about your national sovereignty. If you care about not having to be kowtowed to the whims of Bill Gates and his ilk. You know, the, the same Bill Gates that this week literally said that these um, <clears throat> vaccines were never intended to prevent infection. His personal gaslighting here is astonishing. And he said that in front of the, the World Health Organization's uh, meetings this week. Not coincidentally, by the way, having benefited directly, not indirectly, not through like, you know, smart investments in the stock market or something of that nature, but literally directly benefited from the interventions in the pandemic and also happens to be one of the top five donors to the World Health Organization. But he, but hey, you know, that that's not a conflict of interest, and we we definitely definitely want to make sure that um, our national sovereignty at the World Health Organization level, at our public health level, is totally stripped away. What 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 the hell am I talking about? Well, let's start here, because um, the WHO has been talking about. Um, a international pandemic response, as if uh, we we don't already respond to pandemics on a national, international level. But I digress. The point here is that um, they are attempting kind of a one-world public health response, if you will, with levers of power and punishment and all sorts of things uh, hooked to it. Well, there's not just one proposal of this, but there are two proposals out there at the World Health Organization's Congress right now. And one of them is a pandemic treaty. The other is amendments to the international health regulations. Okay, so amendments to the international health regulations versus a pandemic treaty. Well, as I look at them, they seem and sound and look and act very similarly. So why two routes? That's Let's deal with that first. At the World Health Organization, a treaty would have to be ratified by a two-thirds majority of all member institutions at a national level. So the United States of America would have to ratify this treaty. And in order to ratify this treaty, 75% of our either states or, more importantly, our state representatives and senators would have to vote yes to uh, signing on to the treaty. Well, we all know that ain't happening. That's not happening here, no way, no how. So rather than do that, the, the Joseph Marionette Biden administration has decided that they were going to propose pretty much the exact same thing, but just as amendments to the already ratified International Health Regulations Treaty, right? So that's where we're going to go. We're going to go to the International Health Regulations, and we're going to amend them. And the difference here being it's just a simple majority of member nations, not two-thirds, not two-thirds of their... Yeah, no, just when they vote at the World Health Organization's General Congress, as long as that simple majority of nations, so the United States representatives on the WHO say, yeah, sure, we'll do that. We would be subject to it. I want you to think about that. We would be subject to that. At least from the fact that we have signed on to the treaties that gave us the World Health Organization. Well, you might be saying, well, Andrew, what, what the actual crap is in here? I think that is a very, very good question. Let's start with the um, international health regulation amendments. So the IHR amendments, according to Brownstone Institute, proposed by the United States, proposed by us, 
would build on the existing IHR that were introduced in 2005 and are binding under international law. That's right. These amendments would be binding under international law. As Brownstone points out, while many are unaware of their existence, the IHR already enables the WHO Delegate General to declare public health emergencies of international concern and thereby be able to recommend measures to isolate countries and restrict movement of people. But the draft amendments proposed now include this establishing an emergency committee to assess health threats and outbreaks and recommend responses, establish a country review mechanism to assess compliance of countries with various recommendations or requirements of WHO regarding pandemic preparedness, including surveillance and reporting measures. This appears to be modeled after the UN's human rights uh, country review mechanism. How well is that working? By the way, I'll sip my coffee and um, you can figure that out. Countries would then be issued with requirements to be addressed to bring them into compliance where their inter internal programs are considered inadequate on the request of another state party, meaning a country. This would also expand the power of the WHO DG, that's Delegate General, to declare pandemics and health emergencies. That's right. That individual or the delegate general, so like the, the collective, right, gets to now declare pandemics, health emergencies, and therefore recommend border closures, interruption and removal of rights to travel, and potentially internal lockdown requirements. Oh, and by the way, they'll also send teams of WHO personnel to countries to investigate outbreaks irrespective of the findings of the emergency committee. That's right. Irrespective of the findings of the emergency committee and without consent of the country where the instance is recorded. The United States of America is recommending this, by the way. Now, they continue to say that they want to reduce the usual review period for countries to internally discuss and opt out of mechanisms to just six months rather than 18 months for the original IHR, and then they can implement them after a six-month notice period. So we would have just six months once these things were voted on at that level of the WHO to review, and then another six-month notice period, down from 18 months. Why? Why? Oh, it's all about the pandemic. Or, alternatively, it is all about your ability to try to pull the wool over our eyes and do so quickly. Now, there are also in this, or there is also in this, a proposal to empower regional directors, of which there are now six, to declare regional public health emergencies irrespective of the decision by the Delegate General. These amendments are going to be discussed and voted on at the World Health Assembly that is taking place right now. They only require a simple majority of countries present to come into law consistent with Article, 6, uh, Article 60 of the WHO Constitution. So, countries like Nui, with 1,300 people, have equal weight on the voting floor as India, with 1.3 billion people. Countries must then signal intent to opt out of the new amendments within six months. Once approved by the World Health Assembly, these measures will become legally binding. They there's going to be heavy pressure applied to the governments to comply with these dictates. And we have, we, you and I, have no say in who goes to the WHA, who goes to the World Health Organization, who's part of the World Health Assembly that represents the United States of America. None. Also, by the way, the WHO gets the vast majority of its funding, 
not from state actors like the United States of America or the United Kingdom or EU countries or Japan or Russia or China or India. It gets its vast majority of funding from people like Bill freaking Gates. Multi-billionaires have been basically propping this organization up. So not only do we not have any remedy against or any way to recall somebody or do anything to whoever we put in place at the World Health Assembly and the World Health Organization writ large, the people really pulling the purse strings and really pulling the strings are people like Bill Gates. They have the ultimate influence here. But what about the pandemic treaty? Here's the difference. The WHO is proposing a new instrument to, to allow it to manage pandemics with force of a convention under international law. Now, this has been formally discussed, by the way, by the WHO since about 2021. In a special session of the WHA, the World Health Assembly, in November of 2021, actually recommended it going to the review process, which means in 2023 at the World Health Assembly, this will be presented to them. And the proposed treaty would give the WHO powers to do the following. Investigate epidemics within countries. Okay, you might say that's great. Recommend or even require border closures. Hmm, where have we heard that before? Potentially recommend travel restrictions on individuals. Huh, it seems rather similar to the um, IHR amendments. Oh, and then also impose measures recommended by the WHO, which, based on COVID-19 experience, could include lockdowns, prevention of employment, disruption of family life, and internal travel, and also mandating masks and vaccination. They also are proposing that they involve non-state actors, <clears throat> private companies, in data gathering and predictive modeling. How did that work out during COVID-19? To influence and guide pandemic responses. And oh, by the way, um, those private actors, um, they, they, they might or may not have, I don't know, direct ties to... Uh, the people funding this very organization, it's, it's not as if um, this isn't a big circle jerk or something. But um, <clears throat> it continues to say that uh, they would also be able to guide pandemic responses and involve non-state actors in implementing, including providing commodities for the response. Literally tying their ability to make money to profit off of whether or not the WHO declares a pandemic or not. No problems there. None. No, no way to abuse that situation. No way in hell would their multi-billions of dollars <clears throat> ever be used to influence. They also want to impose censorship through control of or restrictions on information the WHO considers to be <clears throat> misinformation or disinformation, which may include criticisms of the WHO measures. Now, the Brownstone Institute points out this also envisions the setting up of a large entity within the WHO to support permanent staff whose purpose it is to undertake and enforce all of the above mentioned measures. That sounds very similar to the germ entity proposed recently by Bill Gates. Oh, by the way, just so you know, Bill Gates is the second largest funder of the WHO and a, one of a number of quote-unquote billionaires who have greatly increased their personal wealth during the COVID-19 response. I, I just... Holy crap. So literally, there are two tracks. If track one, which is the, the pandemic treaty, fails, the Biden administration is pushing track two, which is the international health regulations. We are 
I cannot emphasize this enough. Our federal government is trying to sell out our national sovereignty, your state's rights, and your personal liberty to an international body that is unresponsive and unrepresented by you. You have zero squadouche, unless you want to line up behind Bill Gates and his billions of dollars, zero squadouche chance of influencing the WHO. None. So what do we do about this? Find the information. By the way, I link to this story in the description of this video and in the description of this podcast. Read it for yourself. Read the information. Talk to the neighbors. Talk to the people in social settings. This is not some wild, you know, wild conspiracy theory. This is literally the propositions in front of legally binding organizations. This is why being part of the WHO makes literally no sense. None. It makes no sense because this should be an organization of shared information and you know helping to increase channels of communication within public health, right? Because there's a reality, health is public. But at the same point in time, that's all it should exist to do. It shouldn't exist to be some sort of quasi-government. Because if I have to give up my literal bodily autonomy to some weird-ass organization in God knows where, with their little puppet masters named Bill Gates and others, I have no freedom. None. So it starts with making yourself aware. Then it starts with organizing. We have got to organize against this. We have to use the power of the bully pulpit that is this microphone and other microphones. Talk to other people. Start spreading the news, if you will. Because this is wholly dangerous, Batman. Holy dangerous. Now, I'm not done with dangerous, and I'm not done with um, the the fine um, international thought processes going on at this moment, because we've got Yuval Noah Harari coming from the World Economic Forum, one Klaus Schwab's just man crush upon man crushes, like the all-time Man crush is Klaus Schwab on um, Yuval Noah Harari, who had this to say. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens, because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life after being confined to, for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may ena enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. What in the demonic hell was that? What? In the absolute hell was that, right? I'm sure that's what you're thinking because that's exactly what I was thinking the first time I caught a glimpse of that on, I believe, Tuesday. Uh, Might have been Wednesday when I caught that. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday, but still, 
it took a minute or two for me to process what the hell I just witnessed. And some of this is caught up, obviously, over the course of whatever speech he was giving. This is either one of two things. Demonic or the byproduct of just super high-functioning thinkers. I could argue it's both. But for me, this is, this is pure spirit-of-the-age demonic talk. Because this is very clearly an attempt to alter God's design, God's work. Notice how he's like, not some God above the clouds. It's very clearly, it's very clear that he does not believe in God, nor Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Hell, he probably doesn't even believe in Muhammad. Right? I I don't understand how this is not pure spirit of the age, demonic power speaking through him. And I have talked about this in the past because I have problems with some of what science has been doing to already go down this route. Lest you think that's not the case, how many of you growing up had parents who selected the sex of their baby? None of you probably raised your hands. How many of you had parents who, hell, even knew the sex of the baby before birth? Okay, well, we have better ultrasound technology to make it easier to be able to understand the sex of the baby. We also have tests that can be done for that. But we also have tests that are done to do that at the beginning, the selection, quote-unquote, phase. Science believes you can select babies. Science believes this. Science believes that. Science can do this. Science can do that. How many of you growing up knew of parents who got a chance to select their children based off of the potential for uh, or the knowledge of birth defects or somebody with red hair versus blonde hair or whatever? None of you raised your hands, right? But in the last 20 years, there's literally a pattern of IVF going on in this world to make sure that those <clears throat> unwanted and undesirable traits no longer exist. Famously, I've talked about Iceland, right? How it is a country I will never, ever, 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 ever visit as long as their current policy are in place when it comes to Down syndrome babies. Sure, they, they quote-unquote cure Down syndrome by literally murdering every single person in utero um, who has Down syndrome. All done at the behest of science. We literally have IVF going on. We have in vitro fertilization and, and we have, um, you know, freezing of eggs and sperm and creating a human life in a Petri dish just to make sure that uh, the, the undesirable characteristics no longer exist. I, that's demonic to me. I, and maybe I am jaded a little bit, or not jaded, but I'm a little sensitive to it because I grew up around uh, people who had mental health disorders and and some physical disabilities and things of that nature. Did that make them any less desirable, any less human, any less worthy of life 
No. But we have a, as a society, we as Western advanced modern thinkers have decided that we can play God, right? We get to select who God's children are. No, we don't. No, we don't. I don't know how you can sit there and say that this isn't the spirit of the age demonic talk. Here he is saying, well, science is basically God. Here he is telling us that um, God's plan for us is to make sure that we can engineer humanity ourselves. Considering he is our creator. Maybe also, by the way, he is our destroyer. And maybe what he is seeing through the spirit of the age and why the spirit of the age is doing what he's doing is it th is that this is some sort of cleansing of not the undesirable, but some sort of cleansing of the demonic spirit. It is working its way to the surface and eventually it will clear itself out. Now, I am all for the advancement of science. I am all for better understanding human nature and humanity. I am all for better understanding the genome and why we are the way we are and who we are and why nature is nature and yada, yada, yada. I am all for that pursuit. But to what end? See, science without ethics leads to this type of crap from Yuvali, uh, Yuval Noah Harari. I, I, I don't know how you can come up with this as anything other than pure demonic bullcrap. Now, before we go any further, I do have one other story that will be going into the fryer. And that comes from our wonderful uh, former president, first half-black president of the United States of America, Barack Obama, who on Tuesday, as Uvalde, Texas, uh, was happening and the shooting uh, was being known to all of us, at 3.08 p.m., so well after everybody have has known about this or could have known about this if they were paying attention to the news, Barack Obama's Twitter account tweets the following. As we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved him. Are you kidding me? Now, I will say this. I am 99.999% certain, just like I am 99.999% certain that uh, young children have absolutely zero chance of dying from COVID-19, that Barack Obama does not write his own social media that this is definitely somebody writing on his behalf. But even if that is the case, you are still speaking for the former president of the United States of America, correct? This is his voice that you are speaking with. This is where you chose to go considering Uvalde, Texas? Time and place. Oh, yeah, you know, screw those kids in Texas, as Seth Dillon points out. Uh, the um, editor or the, the owner of uh, and founder of the Babylon Bee. Man, it sucks those kids died. But remember George Floyd? Hey, he, he's, he's who I'm still thinking about right now. Because it wasn't just that one tweet. 
Literally, there's a Twitter thread. He continues Barack Obama to say that in the aftermath of his murder, a new generation of activists rose up to channel their anguish into organized action, launching a movement to raise awareness of systemic racism and the need for criminal justice and police reform. And then he follows it up with a third tweet on the matter. Inspired by these young leaders at MBK Alliance, launched a reimagining policing pledge for mayors and cities ready to take action. If you're wondering how you can help make things a little better today, here are some ways to get involved with a link to an Obama.org anguish and action page. And oh, by the way, the MBK Alliance is my brother's keeper. What? What? You you are literally dancing on the graves of the children of Uvalde, Texas, and then using the uh, <clears throat> anniversary of George Floyd's murder to make sure that you get a plug-in for your my Brother's Keeper Alliance. Are you shitting me with this? Even Paramount, CBS, Viacom, CBS, whatever it is, okay? Even CBS, who was about to air a story involving a high school person Involved in not a school shooting, but a, a some sort of a plot. Decided, you know what? We're not going to air that tonight. We'll air that at a later date. Out of respect for what was going on in Uvalde, Texas. This was a conscious decision of somebody, either Barack Obama or somebody on his team. And I'm going to go with somebody on his team to do this. What does this signal to me? What does this say? Number one, Barack Obama doesn't give a rip about Uvalde, Texas. Barack Obama gives a rip about being able to use moments like this for political gain. He's done it his entire career. But beyond that, these people in the leftist movements of America do not care about victims of gun violence. They don't care about George Floyd. They don't care about anything other than their own personal power and their own ability to raise funds so that people like Patrice Cullors, who claims to want to help the hood, can go and buy $6 million mansions in mainly 100% white neighborhoods. She has up and left you instead of taking that $6 million and fixing up homes in the hood and helping to fund, I don't know, My Brother's Keeper, which by the way, actually is a very good organization. I, I've known this organization for about 20 years. Um, a former Packer player in, in Green Bay is very involved in it. And it is about mentorship and helping young fatherless children have that father figure in their lives. Which, by the way, um, ironically, or unironically in this case, or sadly in this case, is a thread that is linked in, by the way, 86% of all of the quote-unquote mass school shootings, however you want to define them. It's somewhere between 82 and 86%, depending on your definition have come from fatherless homes. No dads, no one to look up to, no one to understand the hormones you're going through, no one to understand this or that, to give you stability, to help mom in case anxiety and mental health are issues in the home. Nothing. But, they use this, and they've used all of these things, not as opportunities to make change, 
but to make coin. Not change, but coin. And that's all these people are interested. They are interested in using their bully pulpits in the pulpit of the media for personal gain, personal profit over actual change. It's the same thing that I've talked about when it comes to the uh, what I like to call big baby, the pro-abortion, or the, the I shouldn't say pro-abortion, but the pro-life movement in America. And I'm not talking about the actual grassroots people who strongly, literally believe this and have put their time, their money, and their efforts into advocating for pro-life positions. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about national right to life. I am talking about other organizations who spend millions and millions of dollars every year lobbying Congress and lobbying the Senate, right? Lobbying the, the legislative bodies in America only to continue to fund Planned Parenthood time and again. They've accomplished nothing. Why? Because the second they actually accomplish these things, and and this goes to Barack Obama and, and the BLM movement and all those things, right? The second any of this stuff actually gets accomplished or people come to compromise or people come to understandings, right, on these issues, <clears throat> the second that happens, what happens to your national right to life organization? What happens to your personal pocketbook? What happens to your ability to, to hold the powers of lever or the levers, you know, the levers of power in the halls of Congress and go away, right? They don't want to actually solve the issues. They don't want to be able to understand that fatherless homes at the rates of 86% are no bueno for society, period, point blank. It doesn't matter if, we're, if it's an African-American, an Hispanic male, a white male, an Asian male, not being present in the home. 90% in the African-American community out of wedlock births. Over 70% in, in the white communities of America, too. We could keep going down and down and down these roads. The common thread's not the gun, by the way, because the amount of <clears throat> the amount of um, assault rifles, as they like to call them, but the amount of shotguns and and semi-automatic rifles used in these shootings before and after uh, the 1994 federal assault weapons ban, as they like to call it, was put in place, didn't change. Nine and nine. Didn't change. Hasn't changed. Turns out the vast majority of these are actually done with handguns. Yeah, You're going to ban the handgun? Okay. Except for then what happens when you do that to your precious ability to to have Michael Bloomberg drop billions of dollars on this matter that make you personally profit. This is just disgusting from a former president. But hey, Barack Obama has done this his entire career. He's That's who he is. He is an absolute narcissist. Who in the absolute hell has written one memoir, let alone two memoirs, in a decade. But hey, Barack Obama has done that. Barack Obama doesn't care about any of this other than his ability to have power. And since he can't run for the presidency anymore unless we change our laws, well, <clears throat> Whoops-a-daisies. Which brings me to one final thing that we have got to do today. And of course, you know the drill. By now, it is time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. Now, 
That's right, folks. It is time for the Richard of the Week and the four nominees this week. Vladimir Putin. I think it's obvious he continues uh, to, to fund and fight the war with Ukraine. Stupidly, dastardly, awfully. Whether or not you believe the propaganda of the Ukrainian side or the Russian side, it's no bueno to go to war. Unless you absolutely have to. Now, beyond that, we also have Beto O'Rourke for this at a press conference dealing with the uh, school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, Pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Hey. Sit down. Don't play this. Next shooting is right now, and you are doing nothing. No, he needs to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to this over. This is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. Just disgusting stuff. And by the way, the guy that you saw yelling with the the walker, I believe that's actually the mayor of Uvalde, Texas. And has he apologized? Hell no. Instead, he doubled down on that, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, you have your First Amendment right all you want, but place and time when it comes to this, and more importantly, if you want to have a discussion or a debate with Greg Abbott, do it. But interrupting a press conference to score political points, dancing on the graves, literally, they haven't even been dug yet, but dancing on the bodies of all of those students, all of those young children that were killed, in the middle of a press conference attempting to give information, information. This wasn't some sort of political grandstanding or anything like that. This was literally an informational situation. To attempt to use this to do what? This is just turning off the voter. I don't know anybody, whether you are left or right, or not even far left, because the far left actually has applauded this. But I don't know anybody who is reasonable on either side of, of the political spectrum who thinks that was an acceptable act. Now, he is on there. He is our second nominee for Richard of the Week. Our third nominee, Barack Obama, for what we had just talked about. And of course, the school shooter who, who we, on this program, follow the Daily Wire's uh, lead and are not naming and refuse to name. But the school shooter in Uvalde, Texas, is our fourth nominee for Richard of the Week. And the winner, of course, is the school shooter in Uvalde, Texas. Because doing this to innocent young children is pure evil. On the scale of Vladimir Putin type evil. So congratulations for the first time since the war in Ukraine began. Vladimir Putin is no longer the Richard of the Week. It is the school shooter in Uvalde, Texas. With that having been said, I hope every single one of you has as good of a Memorial Day weekend as possible. Thank you to every single one of the individuals who sacrificed their lives in the service of this great nation. Yes, this nation, while it's got its problems, is still great. In fact, it is the greatest place for freedom on the planet Earth. And yes, we have our problems with losing freedoms, but we still are the freest nation in the world. Free speech, the Second Amendment, those things matter as we have seen the world over. And for those who stood up and fought in our wars and for the freedoms of others and paid the ultimate price, 
including my great uncle Cliff Coppins, who died during the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. Thank you for your ultimate sacrifice. So take some time to enjoy each other's company. Take some time to think about the sacrifice of others and what they were willing to give up to defend your freedoms. And ask yourself what you're willing to do for your freedom and your liberties. Are you willing to stand up and revive liberty in the United States of America? I can't think of a better way of honoring those individuals than taking time to reflect, to take time to thank them. Don't thank a veteran this weekend, by the way. Do not thank a veteran this weekend. Thank those who gave their sacrifice by showing up to Memorial Day parades, by showing up to um, the things at various cemeteries throughout wherever you live. But honor their sacrifice by fighting for your freedoms here at home. And with that, enjoy your weekend. Have yourselves a great weekend. I will be back next Tuesday. But until then, please be safe, be smart, be kind. And as always, Matthew 547. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.